Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Templeton Elliott, and I'm joined this week by Patrick Higongo and Mike Munzenreiter to talk a little bit about legacy spots and the new one from Cons in Brazil. Kevin Braun put a hurtin' on Pier 7 in his new part this week. That got us thinking about the ever-moving measuring stick that is the legacy spot. Mike, I know you had some thoughts about this part. Hit me with them. Hit you with them. The part is dope. That cab kickflip over the, over the top of the block. Superb. Though Pier 7 comes with such a heavy legacy of like, there's, I don't know, let's say 97 dudes who are somewhat authorized or more than authorized to have clips there. You know, Serge Chuck Reef on up to Marcus McBride, Sanch, Rob Welsh. And with the Pier, it's like those dudes are so enmeshed in your mind, so just like integral to the spot being the place that it is. Like, it's tough to have, I mean, Kevin Braun, is he from Arizona? Great skater. Though it, 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 it's weird with the spot with that much history to have kind of an interloper come in. And that, and my, my other hottest take is that like a kickflip backsmith is just out of place at Pier 7. Why? No, Mike York never did that. Uh, Henry Sanchez would never do that. Mike Carroll, not doing it. Mike Backsmith. Might do a Wally no slide fakie. No, did he ever do that at the pier? I don't think so. But like, yeah, it, it's just like there's certain tricks that just don't quite fly there. Like, okay, hot take, another one. Ronnie Krieger doing a switch nose blunt cab out at Love Park. Nope. Yeah, that's weird. Did that happen? Weird. I don't think so. Okay. Not to my knowledge. That that was a that was a full pull. But yeah, that would be weird. Yeah. And I, I think what, what you're getting at with Kevin Braun is like you're wondering, would he get a pass from those locals, like were he to roll up there in like 1998? Right. Um, and I'm sure he would because he rips. Yeah, probably. Um, and also, wasn't the vibe at Pier 7 a little less confrontational than, say, EMB? I mean, I, I skated there in 2001. It was probably the last time I've been there, like during the day. And I want to say, I think it was uh, Brad Johnson. Do I think he was there? Maybe. Like, it was an intimidating vibe. I mean, we weren't terrible at the time. You know, we, we rolled up with some buddies on a trip to the, to the bay. And it was still like, okay, these dudes don't play around. Like, these dudes live here. They skate it super well. And it's like, it, it, I don't know. There's just something about the people who make the spot as much as the spot making the spot. I feel you on that. I, I think... And it's interesting having this discussion about legacy spots now. So, for example, China Banks in San Francisco, which is due to be demolished. Um, the courthouse in West L.A., a.k.a. Santa Monica Courthouse, is probably going to be redeveloped into mixed-use housing, maybe even some retail, whatever. It's kind of interesting thinking about the what-ifs and then having a spot come back. It's almost like this. something about it seems a little bit unnatural. I will say, though, however, that Pier 7 is dope. I got to skate there once in 97. Carl Watson was there. Nice guy even back then. Even in the you know, 90s, it was cool to be a dick. We've talked about that a million times. But there's something about, there's something about kind of letting sleeping dogs lie. It, does that feel mm-hmm. weird or does that feel gatekeeper? I mean, for me, I, I kind of think, I've said this before, I think churn is good. I think that, you know, kind of like what I said in the intro about spots being like an ever-moving measuring stick. It's like the spot doesn't move, but the measuring stick does. So what was dope 10 years ago is just, you know, any kid from wherever can come to the spot and do that. You know, I think, I think that's most apparent 
on handrails. Like if you look at Hollywood High, you know, Arto did like a front board on it. And that was like a big thing. And now, you know, 10 year olds are doing that. And it's just, we kind of shrug our shoulders. That's a great example. And are we shrugging our shoulders because of social media? Because we're getting to see significantly more footage from these spots than we would have, say, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. I just think the level of skating changes and these legacy spots just have so much baggage that, like, you know, that 10-year-old doing a front board almost feels, like, like offensive. Like, you, you probably don't even know who Arto Sari is. And now I'm like, did Arto really front board that? I don't know. He probably did. But yeah, I, it's just, um, yeah, skating is always moving forward and these spots are stuck. So what about South Bank, for example, which was rescued from demolition? Kind of feels like skate park footage at South Bank. I'm not going to lie. What? Blasphemy. <laughs> I, it's somewhere in the middle because, you know, it's like a sanctioned spot and it does have like those... Those ledges were brought there, you know, side effects of urethane dropped them there a bunch of years ago. So that's like, <clears throat> you know, debatable whether that's like a street spot uh, since it's not like a naturally occurring ledge. It still looks dope in footage, but I, I'm semi with you. I, I don't know. I, I don't consider <laughs> South Bank Park footage, but I, it's got like a tinge of it for sure. Mm. I think oh. I think there's there's an element where when these spots are around for so long, like Templeton, you were saying, there's that baggage, there's that history. If you're nerds like us, the history is well, well, you know, documented in your mind. And when these spots are around for so, so long, it just, it gets hard to do anything that lives up to the history in a lot of ways, or that's like truly new, you know? I mean, the pier again is is great in terms of its optionality, but by now we've seen every option there. I mean, doing tricks over the big block and then a ledge trick is dope, but people still did that, you know, under the first iteration of the pier. And then um, just just a thought that you were talking about with the churn, Templeton, like the pier doesn't happen unless EMB gets locked down. And you know, I, I mean, maybe I'm. <laughs> maybe I'm breaking breaking skate rules, but like, you know, skating's about progression. And sometimes if a spot sticks around for too long, it's like anti-progression. Oh yeah. It can things can actually start you can start devolution as Devo called it. But yeah. what about what about the idea of people making it a point to go to these legacy spots as a mission, as opposed to up until Pier 7 started to fizzle out, got skate stopped and capped what about the fact that you could there was a scene you could go and hang out there emb had a scene love park had a scene there were different crews you know they had interactions they had uh, a whole rapport with the people who hung out in the park or hung out at the spot there's something it's almost like watching somebody go on like a big game hunt with some of these uh these missions right uh, dude that's that's exactly the term that i use for like like basically kids on the come up who are like, I'm going to go to this legacy spot. I'm going to do a new trick that nobody's ever done there. And that's going to get me coverage. And, you know, like I think Nigel is like a big game hunter. He's kind of like the one that I would think of with that term. But yeah, it, it's it, like a... Break it down to the shorts. <laughs> just, just picture Nigel in all khaki with those little shorts and a pith helmet. It's like, I'm Nigel Houston. We're going here. 15 stair handrail. Absolutely amazing. You need to be very quiet. You know, you, yeah, I we know need, you all have watched those. <laughs> we need like I'm the gonna, post trick photo of like the like 
Like he's got his foot up on the rail, like uh, like he's conquered it. Exactly, like he's that. That's his trophy, because that's that's what it feels like it's become. It's big game hunting for spots as opposed to organically being out there and just like posting up. Now that let me tell you real quick. Yeah, (laughs) Cody Davis, Twin Cities living legend in a lot of ways. Board slid El Toro when he was twelve. Big game hunting. That is big game hunting. I I mean, and also like El Toro is not a spot that you just post up at, have like a little boom box, you know, chilling with some flaming hot Cheetos, you know. And are <laughs> yeah, it's it's always a mission. If you're at El Toro, you're on a mission. You're not you no one ever goes to El Toro without a photographer and two videographers. Exactly. And that's where we kind of get into this murky territory where we have to start thinking about, okay, how many exceptions are we going to make? Because we all love skaters, certain skaters who go out on a mission. I'm always reminded of uh, Guy Mariano and Eric Costin's filming for like the last few videos that they did with Krill Tap, you know, like Fully Flared. And um, what's the other joint? Pretty sweet. Exactly. Um, you know, like going to some place like UCI, you're going to UC Irvine at three, four o'clock in the morning with a generator, that kind of thing. Basically, like anything that you do with Ty Evans. And, and, and Ty Evans is definitely a catalyst of this type of thing. However, he brings he brings the heat, you know. He brings the heat. He, like he, you know, he acknowledges that this is a big production and comes through. You know, he comes correct with the right gear. But are there any exceptions that, like, what about great stories about people who will fly someplace multiple times just to try and get a trick for a video? You know, are, are we are we counting them as also being on uh, on safari? I mean, like, I think we're always on safari. You know, as skaters, especially making a video part, like it's very calculated. But I think when you're skating a legacy spot, it comes across much more calculated than if you're like doing a cross country road trip and you know like right. there's this rail in Houston that I'm gonna hit, there's this thing in Arizona I'm gonna hit. It it feels less planned, but like when you go to those legacy spots, it's like I'm going here to make my mark on this spot and put my name under the last guy who did an NBD here. I think another another part of it, and you guys talked about it on the last episode, is just like skaters skating where they skate all the time. Good grief, that's a sentence. Like people skating where they live, usually most of the time, all the time, works better than, you know, taking someone and dropping them at a well-known spot and, you know, seeing what they can do when they're kind of a fish out of water. Like I hate watching local videos, like a Minneapolis video, and there's like, kid's got two tricks from Cali in his part like get that garbage out of here right that's like a part clip kind of it, it, it's kind of just it's like I'm not watching this because I want to see you you know do a front crook fakie at the courthouse or whatever wherever you know Jaquan I don't want to see Johnny from St. Cloud doing a line at Jaquan ever unless <laughs> Johnny from St. Cloud happens to be posted up for the summer in LA and is skating Jaquan every Sunday I don't know, though, because I, I, I'm interested in Johnny from St. Cloud because he's a local and I want to see, you know, I want to see him in his context. Like Jaquan's another one. I, I don't need Jaquan anymore. <laughs> but, and uh, I should probably clarify my language. A safari is just a journey. It comes from Arabic and Swahili with the verb uh, kusafari, right? It just means to journey, <laughs> right? But and that's just traveling and going and seeing things, right? That's going on a journey. Whereas big game hunting, we're talking about big game hunting, you know? So that would be like a safari hunt, right? Where somebody is going specifically. But you're right. Most of us skaters, we're just on safari. We're like, hey, we're going to go see some things. Maybe we'll see the equivalent of, uh, oh, we can see, uh, you know, three lions chasing down, 
insert other mammal. He just had to put that out there. Yeah, I mean, I think travel is always part of skating. And like, I think we've probably all done our own like skate spot tourism where we go to a new city and we go and look at the big rail. But I, I think like with these legacy spots and like making your mark on it and to kind of like bring it all back to Kevin Braun, like the way he made his mark on Pier 7 was doing that cab flip over the block because that's like like a big single trick where everything else is just like a bunch of lines and manual tricks and that's all kind of like blur together you know would like fade into the history you know because right. so many manuals so many lines have been done there like not that many stick out so it's those singles like you know his name is right there under you know Cairo Foster switch backside flip who else Marcus backside yeah. nolly heel Whoa. yeah exactly yeah there, there's like a list of like these guys did these tricks and now Kevin Braun is like has added his name yeah, I, I also need to note the backside heel flip to fake manual, short to or yeah, short to tall on the manual pad. That was fantastic. I can think of like one other one that I think Jerron did maybe. Oh yeah, no, oh, maybe Costin did. It's in it's in like Goldfish. Like that trick is ultra rare. Goldfish so or cocktail. FTC? Uh, FTC one. Oh yeah, I mean it's from that era. You know, it's yeah, like, like the. Is that 30 years ago now? Yeah, it's in the 30, Almost 30 years, 30 ago, years ago next. 30 years ago next year. Um, yeah. Actually, uh, I just thought of a, a question for both of y'all. Uh, what is the most out there spot that you have dragged significant other to while visiting another? Just to pay pilgrimage, not even to skate. Let's say this is a, not a skate trip. You did not bring a board. Okay, actually, I'll, I'll take it back. Whether or not you bought a board, whether you were going to skate, whether or not you just wanted to see something just to say you saw it, where have you dragged your significant other to go, uh, to go check out a spot? I don't think, I can't remember doing that. A lot of times they just kind of like come up, you know, like you're walking around and you're just like, oh shit, that's that thing. And then like, we'll walk over to take a better look. But I don't usually go like specifically to go look at, look at spots. How about you, Mike? You ever done some spot tourism with your lady? Not with my wife. Exactly. We might've spent, we were in Boston one time and we had our kid. And we hung out, I don't know what the spot is called, but like Joey Pepper skates these granite ledges on the water and there's like a manual pad. Mm -hmm. Like I saw that and I'm like, family, we're going to walk over here and I'm going to look at the ledge a little bit. Is but, that Copley um, Square? Not Copley. It's um, Joey Pepper does a 360 flip tail slide in a line in the aesthetics video mm -hmm. at that place. And there's like maybe, maybe kind of like a, what's it called? A compass in the floor. And there's like a flagpole manual pad yeah i can um, definitely see it and our our boston listeners are yelling just, at their iphones right now yeah just gonna focus their phone i can say on topic with the pier the first time i skated there was on a 1998 trip with my uh family to san francisco and um it was night i think we were just driving on like whatever is it the embarcadero down there mm -hmm. i was like oh my god the skate spot's right here. So I skated the pier for 15 minutes with my mom, dad, little brother, aunt and uncle. And um, it was when the street side block still had the metal on them. And I did a crooked grind on there. And I felt, I felt like I did the right trick. And uh, that was my 15 minutes there. The first oh, time. You know I what? I did a crooked grind on my first trip to Pier 7 the year before, 1997. Excellent. 
Oh, no, was it? No, it was 98. It was the same year. It was on a family trip. My auntie lives in Sacramento. We flew into San Francisco. My mom took us around for the day and took my whole family to EMB. My, I have a bunch of pictures. My brother uh, still takes black and white photos. He took a bunch of pictures of Pier 7 and EMB for me. And I think somewhere I have a picture of me doing a nose slide on one of those. And that's when I met Carl Watson. Shout out to my mom for <laughs> putting up with that. Like, I got more than 15 minutes. I was there for at least like a good 90 minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, as per as per my wife, I feel like I, I have a special case because uh, Kate is an urban planner. So she likes looking at architecture. She looks likes looking at cities, the way that they're planned out, that loves public transportation. So we have taken some adventures. It It's a bit of a, it's not, doesn't take that long, but it's a bit of a trek to go from city center or the port in Marseille to the famous bowl. But we did that one uh, one morning. And South Bank, even though we were staying like way on the other side of town in London. So I, I'm going to try and take advantage of it as long as I as long as I can. But, you know, if you can mix in like a little incentive in there, like, you know, you go get like a nice meal or something that's right around the corner or a good snack or something like that. Or if there's just some cool shit that's nearby, I, I think you can always you can always make it worth it. But I, I love doing that. Um, although the only disappointing time was going to see, going to Love Park in Philly. Kate had never been to Philadelphia. And I was like, we should go to Love Park. And it was the weekend. It was Made in America. That stupid festival was that weekend. Mm. And Center City was just a shit show. I'm talking like bro dudes like puking at 2, 3 in the afternoon. <laughs> you know, the music was like, it was like bottom of the bill acts were playing at that time. So it was, it was hectic, but it was so, I don't know if it was worth it to see it. I mean, obviously the sculpture is always beautiful to see, but you know, it's like the Godfather. Look how they massacred my boy. Oh, you didn't see the real love park. No, no, no. This is uh, this is uh, <laughs> this is whatever the hell is left of it. Yeah, this I mean, you're in 2018. That's mm -hmm. like going to visit like a a memorial or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's like <laughs> I mean, you know, we I think a bunch of us have tweeted about this. I mean, sometimes it's. You know, you feel like a very religious person going to make a, a pilgrimage, you know? What is, okay, follow-up question then. What is a spot? What is like a hallowed skate spot that you felt like you had to go? Even just to push around. Like, it was like going to Lourdes, you know? Or going to see some shrine. Or it was like, oh, if you look at it just a certain way, it's the face of Christ. Like, what is the skate spot like that for you that you had to go? I mean, Love and Brooklyn Banks, probably. That was like yeah. college. Like, all right, we're like, you know, I'm finally going on road trips that are like outside of my like you know one day like day trip vicinity and yeah it was yeah love park and brooklyn banks what about you mike uh, i was gonna say brooklyn banks summer 08 my buddy moved to new york and i was kind of just like floating at a uh, disconnected time in my life so i spent like two weeks out there with him he was job hunting and so i just like i don't know took the train to downtown and then I don't think I, yeah, I didn't have an iPhone or anything. I just kind of like found the Brooklyn Banks solo, did a wall ride fakie. So I got that. I was, I mean, I was pretty hung over that entire trip. So <laughs> that's like what I mustered. The bricks were um, worse than I thought they would be, which is usually spots are nicer than you think they're going to be, at least well trodden spots. Then got the wall ride. And then I think Brian Herman. And some other Baker guys were there, and I got to see Herman ollie the rail. Like, he was just doing it for fun, because that's what Brian Herman does for fun. God, that's wild. Dude, I was at the, the, the 
the bricks were always terrible, especially when we were kids in the 90s. You know, we'd come down from the burbs and, you know, at the time we we're all riding like, what, 50, 51, 52s, 52 max. Mistake. Such a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, that was that really was one of the spots where I was like, this is more like no California, uh, no California spot except for Hubba was like gnarlier than I thought. Hubba was legitimately one of the gnarly, like how the how did people skate this? That was unbelievable. And the Brooklyn banks, the big banks, at least I don't I don't know if the small banks were around when I was there. Skate historians fact check me. But um, I was impressed by how like, OK, this is not a perfect spot. Like I'm I'm struggling to get my speed for this wall ride fakie that i have to do so i don't feel like a total sucker <laughs> so then i gotta ask then how did y'all feel about that contest where they rebuilt the hubba but you know it didn't smell of piss there's no graffiti um nobody's coming to chase you out i i think for me that just kind of like proves the point that churn is good and like it's good that hubba is gone because it would like sully the legacy of Steve Olson and Lenny Kirk and Fred Gall and everybody else who did all those tricks that were groundbreaking, you know, Wade Spayer, um, Marcus McBride, LeVar Marcus McBride, McBride LeVar Taylor. McBride, like, you know, so many tricks that are like burned into our memory. And maybe this is just me being fucking old head. And like, I just like the shit that I grew up with, but it's like, you know, 360 flip nose grind is just like, I don't know. It just doesn't doesn't compute. So I'm I'm just glad that it didn't happen at the real hubba. Shout out to my buddy Nate Comper, top three Twin City skateboarder of all time. He switched backsmith hubba when it came back, and he was probably riding hubba wheels at the time. Fuck, real shit. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, the real hubba was huge, and it's interesting that it's become kind of like the word Kleenex or Hoovering. You know, it just mm -hmm. become a name for a type of ledge as opposed to that one specific spot. And then of course there's the whole thing that hubba is slang for crack. So anyway, the real the real hubba hideout was huge. It was so gnarly. I mean <laughs> even crazier was in uh, what was it Welcome to Hell? Is it Bam who does the Ollies overboard manuals across the top of the ledge and then drops off the edge? No, that's Ali Buella. No, that's Joe someone. He's a Bay Area maniac legend. Joe Valdez? I think it's Joe Valdez. I thought oh. it was Ali Bulala. Joe Valdez did similar tricks. Maybe oh. maybe he did a manual on Hubba in the um, in a Thrasher video. Oh, Templeton, you might be thinking of Ali Bulala in um, Transworld's Uno, where he there's some very steep ledge, I think down in San Diego or Orange County somewhere down that way, uh, where he kickflips off. Like he rolls down and kickflips off of it. Hmm. No, I I can see that the manual at Hubba. Hmm. But maybe, maybe that was too early for Ali Bulala. I don't know. Listeners, I mean, chime in. Let us know. Going to get dragged on the slap board for not knowing this guy. Yeah. Because oh, Uno, Uno was 95. 95 Uno or was 96. 90, yeah. Welcome to Hell was 96. Bulala I, I was no in 41130. I know that much. Yeah. Wait, wait was this uh, Hesh or Fresh or Punk? Uh, he was skating at Hubba in Tim's. Did the front side 180, switch crooks. It was like uh, transitional Bulala. Oh, okay. <laughs> no pun fresh, intended. Fresh, fresh Ali Bulala was way better. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Puffy it, shirts, get out of here. <laughs> I don't know. I just remember. <laughs> I just remember just like, wow, this guy looks cool. Way back. My goodness. Like, God, now you got me thinking like I need to find a, a good copy of Transworld Uno. Last I saw it on YouTube, somebody had like a really awful, you know, when people upload a, a really like worn out VHS 
Mm-hmm. And it, just oh, yeah. lo- it looks and sounds awful. Like there's a great deluxe compilation called Ride On from I think 97 and it has segments by each of the deluxe brands. And the only copy that's on YouTube right now is awful. Like it's all out of sync. It's um, the picture's bad. The sound is warped. Um, I think I have it on VHS somewhere, but I probably have to digitize it. I still don't have it. Shame on me. Yeah, I had that video. Right on. Yeah. One other, one other thing I'll add just on like the whole like who should skate spots. I mean, I thought of this immediately with the Pure 7 sp- part by Kevin Braun, which to be clear, it was great. There's a girl in chocolate road trip from like 417 where they it's like set to a Coolio song. I remember. I remember. Come on, dog. And all the girl and chocolate guys skating Love Park, like, don't need that. Don't go to, well, Scott Johnson has a Pulaski pass, but like, not the rest of you guys. Wait, wait, what? Like, there's a clip of Gabriel Rodriguez skating Love Park. Dude, we that was so weird. I literally have it in the notes. Gabe at Love. It's, dog. It's, it's just fish out of water, man. He's, I don't know, man. Not like, supposed to be there. We should have done it. There should have been like a like a big summer exchange. Remember, like, was it summer two thousand or was it ninety nine or two thousand when Muska moved to New York? Like shit, like that. We should have had more West Coast cats come to the East Coast and more East Coast, like a, like a big like a big summer exchange. You know? like, I like, a, like that a foreign skater exchange. exchange. Yeah, skater exchange program. You know, can you imagine if we had day one footage from you know Newport or South Street Seaport? Day one hauling asset. At the seaport, it would have been sick. Yo, like date. Yo, imagine half cab nose blunt slide. It would be a perfect bench for a half cab nose blunt, right? <laughs> like, think about like, that. Think nice how... and low with like a little coping on it. Mm-hmm. Oh man! Or imagine, like for example, yo, picture this: Jeremy Ray at Freedom Plaza, like peak Jeremy Ray. Not to say that he's he's fallen off. He's still amazing. He's still killing it. I'm talking like Plan B Revolution, right when he got on Elementera. That's 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 um Alonzo morning head nod for me. <laughs> it's like mm, okay, yeah, yeah, all right. Like the, like the, the the possibilities the possibilities are endless. I mean, and I'm talking about like serious Cali cats. I'm not talking um Cali transplants like say Jamie Thomas who did go to New York and Chicago and all over the place and gave us footage. Like we should have well, seen more of that. That makes me think of the guys who kind of have passes like Jamie Thomas. I mean. He went from Alabama and planted himself at EMB. And he looked good yeah, I mean, in New York. I mean, there's some people who are kind of placeless, who can go mm-hmm. wherever. But then there's some people like Gabriel, <clears throat> Gabriel Rodriguez, where it's just you just want to see him in L.A. Exactly. True. But I don't know. Like, I love I loved that. Um, but, that, yeah, that's probably one of the best 411 tour segments ever. Also, Guy Mariano skating uh, sp- skate park at Tampa halfpipe. Just, like... Looking nice, like imagine it. Imagine if guy skated vert and he was in baggy pants and a white tee. It was a. It, I, it was. Re, I, I'm sure we both saw it on IG recently with one of those pages. It looks like a Tommy Hilfiger shirt, but it, evidently it's like a skate knockoff. Yeah, body jar and like a back D pivot fakie. Yeah, like you know, vert would never have fallen off if more vert skaters dressed like that. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> Oh man! Pads over the baggies. No pads, straight fresh. Okay. Yeah, padless vert with a fresh fit looks pretty good. Man, when when um back in the back in the olden days with third layer and it was like a nine or ten foot vert ramp, we'd every now and then like Jeremy Reeves, if you remember him, he was a Mm -hmm. former uh, city skateboards pro. He 
he would skate some padless vert and do like lip tricks. And every now and then I'd drop in rock fakie. Couldn't tail stall on vert. It was really fucking scary. Don't know why. Fakie tail stall. That does okay. seem kind of scary on vert. Yeah, I don't like I'd want to like turn my shoulders every time. I couldn't do it for the life of me, but we're probably pretty far off topic of pure seven if we're talking about padless vert. <laughs> <laughs> that was the beauty of the mostly skateboarding uh, podcast. But maybe that's a, a good excuse for us to move on to talk about Converse Veridas video. Street skating may have been born in California, but we all know that Brazilians do it a little bit differently. This week, Converse released Veridas. Am I saying that right? Probably not. Uh, it's a 22-minute reminder of why the land of the Holy Cross continues to produce some of the most captivating skating on the planet. Patrick, what did you think of the latest offering from Converse? I really enjoyed this. It was if we hadn't been brainstorming about what to talk about this week, I might have completely missed it, and I I loved Dang. it actually. Uh, first of all, you guys, you got a clip of Jake Johnston in there off top. Like that's worth the price of admission, which is free ninety nine. This join us on YouTube. Like seeing like a whole a whole bunch of Converse skaters. I wonder if this was all one trip. If they got everybody to go down to Brazil on mass, because like Aaron Harrington's in there, Louis Lopez, uh, Remy Tavera. It was, wow, it was really, really good. And something I really liked about it was that it's showing that I liked all the punk skating. I liked uh, David Teobaldo. I, like, I liked his recklessness when he was skating in front of that car, when he was just skating in traffic in general. I liked all the cats and like uh, the kind of, it's not quite trash and vaudeville punk. It's like done on like almost like sort of like a budget. And so it actually ends up looking a little bit more, a little bit more original. You know, there's definitely a risk of going mall punk when you decide to go punk rock skater, but. I like those fits and the skating looks super fun. And also because, you know, I'm pretty good with geography and know which cities are where in Brazil, but I couldn't tell you where any of this. And I liked, like all the spots look dope. And it's just this amazing reminder. There's just so much else out there to skate in this world. And a place like Brazil, no wonder, no wonder continues to do so many. But what's interesting though, is that there's a whole city, Brasilia, the capital, which is further inland, which is mostly concrete, hyper, hyper, hyper modern. I mean, it was basically built from scratch to kind of move power away from the coast. Um, I'm wondering if there's any footage from there. I mean, obviously not the capital. You might get yourself shot, but the music was good. I think the music was good. Um, the one hip hop song is right in the middle with the beeps in it. That was annoying my cat. Um, Oliver was not happy about this. <laughs> Mike, what did you think? Yeah, I liked it. I, I mean, I'm on the same tip as you. Had we not decided to discuss it i wouldn't have watched it <laughs> because i i at least in my mind and i don't want to sound like an idiot but like i think of brazilian skating and i think of like six spots and i'm sick of seeing them and this video had that one plaza with the various like brown granite ledges of various levels but like it didn't beat that one into the ground this one was super fresh in terms of like spot selection and, it, and like you said, Patrick, like so much stuff that I'd never seen and kind of uh, I don't want this to sound like a non compliment, but like bizarrely good punk rock skaters doing like really, really insanely solid tech shit that Dobby guy and then Felipe Oliveira, like, excuse my Portuguese, but like dudes are dressing wild and then just doing really incredibly difficult stuff on a skateboard that's like creative and not played out no pressure flips in this joint it was it was super rad 
Templeton, are we going for a full uh, full sweep? Yeah, I liked it. And just just like you two, it was a video that I had passed over. I was just like, Converse in Brazil, meh. But then we decided to talk about it on the pod, so I watched it. And yeah, I was like, yeah, this is a fucking good video. Uh, even had name titles. So to help old geezer like myself out, uh, who you know has to talk about these people on a podcast. So yeah, super helpful. It was nice to see the Americans in there kind of as a supporting cast. And I didn't feel like they kind of like stole any thunder or anything like that. They just kind of like added a little seasoning where the Brazilians were the main course. So great video. Felipe Oliveira, like always stoked to see what he does. Always has just like an interesting take on the spots and also just a solid repertoire of like good ass standard tricks mixed in with some wild shit that like I would never even think would be possible, you know, like to turn the way that he's turning on, you know, like the little like bump your nose into the ledge and then hop into what do you do? Like backside nose blunt or something. Yeah, that was weird. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, I like I don't understand how that trick works. Like, how do you maintain speed to like hop into that next trick after like just jamming into the end of the ledge? But, you know, he and others make it work. So I'm, I'm always interested to see those. Stoked also on the varial flip of the bump to bar. Uh, yeah. And then the dark slide was, you know, kind of out of nowhere. And I was like, it got me thinking like, are dark sides ever cool or is it just always like a circus trick like a hey check this out like i can do this silly thing it's because i feel like it's never never really looks that cool and it really fucks your board up so i'm gonna just full sidebar this and say that like all the dudes doing all the people skaters doing basic ass dark slides are missing the boat because mullen did like nolly inward heel front board dark slide burial flip out you know i want i want to see the dark slide game up Patrick, you were going to say. Oh, no, I was about to say, it's like it's Rodney Mullen or Bus. If you're not Rodney Mullen, I don't want to see it. Sorry. That's a robust take. I mean, I, like, I back remember, it. <laughs> remember when Jenkins interviewed that, that, they did that man on the street interview or person on the street interview, although I think they ended up mostly interviewing dudes, including some guy who was getting very hostile. But speaking to a guy, middle of the street, obviously summer, summer, they're talking about the Olympics and the guy was just like, the best skater of all time, dog, Rodney Mullins, bro. He, he, the guy thought he Rodney Mullen had died. <laughs> but he was a thing. Rodney Mullen talks like Rodney Mullen just died. <laughs> he, right. he's, he's, yo, like, the first thing I ever saw of him was secondhand smoke. And I think that's one of the, that is one of those parts that can actually move you to tears. Like that and the Dylan Gravis joint. Straight up, straight up. Anyway, um, back to this Converse video. Um, Here's an interesting question for y'all. So Brazil over the last 30 years has become this, you know, has become a, a home to some of the coolest skateboarding that's been happening. And what's the next step up for Brazil, right? Because there's Brazilian brands, there's Brazilian skaters who, who have gotten, gotten Olympic medals. Like they've got a, like, you know, everybody, everybody loves Tiago, you know, but what's like the next step here? Because like one of the challenges is still that, hey, you could be big in Brazil and it's a big ass country, right? With a pretty robust skate scene, right? And yet you still, all the sponsors, everything like that, you still got to come to America to handle your business or to really cross over and make it to, you know, to, to break out and, and make it to that, to become an international superstar. At what point will you get to see 
like uh, Lucas Puig's of Brazil. You know, people are like, I come to America just to, to come do my, you know, do my three months and skate and film such and such. But most of the time you can catch me back home, wherever back home is. I don't know. I think we're probably getting close to a time when we can do that. I mean, I, I think that Tiago would probably be able to do that if he wanted to. I mean, I think he lives in like Sweden or something right now. I think um, that dude enjoys traveling a lot. Like he gets around. Yeah, I, I think the key is always just being everywhere and having a home base. So I, I think that that's possible. I just think maybe the right person hasn't come along or, you know, the Tiagos of the world have decided not to stay in Brazil. Well, and I think that, you know, like this, this cons video is a, it was a step towards that. Like, yeah, I um, fully agree. That, that last guy, well, last guy is a hard one to quantify because like the skating just kept happening <laughs> during, during the credits. But, um, uh, uh, Enrique, Enrique, I have no idea how to say his name. Crobalati, again, Portuguese man. Um, that big dude who was very smooth and did a lot of weird, cool tricks, very seemingly easy. Like I'd never heard of him. I had no inkling, you know. And he was skating spots I'd never seen. He was basically just really awesome, completely out of the blue. I think that's an indicator of like, you know. I I I I also think that skate stardom is so different now than it was even 10 years ago where you know it's mostly 25 skaters who are at the top and then everybody else just kind of getting by like i don't know if i don't know if you know the upside of leaving brazil to be a skate star is as big as it used to be so maybe more people will just stick around there it seems like they were showcased in this video yeah, I mean, the other thing that's changed, too, is that the, the standard of living in Brazil has gone up significantly since the 1990s, when a lot of us here in the United States were first introduced to Brazilian skateboarding. There's now more brands down there. Folks can afford to travel a bit more. Certainly, if you are Brazilian of, um, and you have dual citizenship, either with the United States, like Bob Bernkist, or uh, with uh, one of the member states of the European Union, like Heitor da Silva, you know, there's, a, there's opportunity to be outside. But, you know, actually, another question I have for y'all is Converse, of all of like the big shoe companies, seems to have continued to be able to produce these videos that I feel like they don't feel, they don't feel as ham-fisted or as awkward as say like, like Nike dropped the ball with nothing but the truth. Um, Adidas' reverb was good. What was the other big joint that they, they, their breakout video? Away Days. Away Days. Away Days. Away Days was memorable videos ever <laughs> which is absolutely because considering that lineup and i think i blame the music because I, I think that was kind of like a bit of like a scarface with the head in a pile of cocaine kind of moment in terms of yeah they had too too many resources too much money too much money no no not enough limitations to you know it, it, no there's no track for the train to ride on exactly the, exactly the video opens with house of pain like that it's should shocking. be like oh my god like even like that's like something you'd see in like a a, a red dragons edit or um maybe one of the whiskey videos like the canadians could get away with that but there was something just like you know you just like you watch the video just like damn y'all really did this somebody some this had to go through multiple chains of approval for somebody to say it's a good idea and i I, it's, I have a short statement yes boosting it skated to snoop dog mm -hmm. why what <laughs> <laughs> And like the thing is, I love Adidas. I love their shoes. I love uh, the collabs that they've done. But I don't know. I guess you know maybe it's it's one of those circumstances where you know nobody stopped to say why not. You know, like why shouldn't we do this? Um, but you know, the other question I have is like Converse is purple, right? Except for that god awful um, Death in June song at the end with uh, Jake Johnson. 
Uh, amazing soundtrack, great feel. Ben Shadon is a, is, a, is a proper auteur, right? This video as well feels really good, but it doesn't feel like, oh, it's, it's Converse, Converse, Converse. It just, it seems like it feels better for a company that is outside of the, what we traditionally would call a core video. So what is it? Is it that they're dialing back that like, they're not so heavy on reminding you that it's Converse, that they're getting creative with the music, that they have Brazilian artists on this, singing in Portuguese, doing their thing. Like it feels, you know, it, it like it, it feels authentic, whatever the hell that means. Yeah, I think it probably, is authentic and their converse is just smart enough to say hey you make videos here's some money make us a video or like you're working on a video let's call it a cons video here's some money instead of like i heard somebody tell me that nike always asked the question like how can we do something that only nike can do or like only nike would do so like that's that's such a lofty goal and also like too much pressure for a skate video you know like we don't necessarily want to see a skate video like we've never seen before we want to just see like our favorite skaters ripping you know and that's a pretty standard practice like exactly and this joint was 22 minutes yeah like maybe the perfect run time for a skate video exactly and uh, also eight minutes yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm speaking outside of myself as like a adult i'm, I'm a crotchety like, bastard at this point when it comes to run times I don't know. I, I've been having a, a, a pretty shitty three or four weeks now. Um, it's just been stress after stress after stress, problem after problem. And a 22-minute skate video that makes you feel good is wonderful. Like, it, it hits the spot. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's important to, like, hammer home, underline, just, like, the video's great. I mean, it again, going in, I didn't expect much. And I obviously, or honestly, haven't been consuming that much skate content just because it's been just like a hectic time recently and i'm sorry you're having a having a bad couple of a bad span of weeks patrick so i maybe maybe i feel you on some level of just like oh i didn't know what to expect with this video and then it was like that was awesome and it was interesting and textured and not modern skateboarding like they were still doing tech stuff on like interesting spots i'm gonna i'm gonna find a coherent argument about was, modern skateboarding one of these days it was well done it was it was well done it was this is this is what an international video should look and feel like and uh both of you made that great point earlier about having the american pros or the non-brazilian pros rather uh in there as seasoning right just like well just put, a dash of jake johnson like also like who doesn't get hyped when they see jake johnson man i i love jake johnson footage i'm a big fan of jake johnson but I could have done that nose blunt. Like, I, I think we need to like ask a little more from Jake Johnson. I love it. I'm love gonna. It. I'm. I'm more hyped anymore when I see Louis Lopez because you literally don't know what he's gonna do, but you do know it's gonna be like radical in yeah. all senses. That back tail front shove, or I don't even know what to properly call it. That is one of the sickest tricks, and that might be the best one of them tricks ever done. Like, Dude, but he didn't even roll away. Oh, he no, he he missed one and then he did it again. Oh, Wait, really? Did he? Am I am I having a false false memory? Am I no, having a false correct. memory? You are correct, Mike. That is, he does he does land it. They, oh, okay, they, they got the clean version. Yeah, okay. I I I love that trick. Oh, I I am not a fan of that trick. I feel like it's it's kind of like an abomination to like flow. What a Templeton? I thought you had good taste. My goodness, I have to send you to your room without dinner. 
<laughs> Damn it, this is my own podcast, man. Y'all can't y'all can't punish me. <laughs> no, man, it's it's cool. You like you back tail and then with your front foot, you do a little like heel heel shovery. You can do a little toe shovery with the back foot. Like Yeah, it feels like a late shove it to me. I, I uh, my nickname was Late Shove It Boy in nineteen ninety eight. So hmm. really? You it's all, it's all coming together. I like thought I well, I guess I'd seen questionable and Sean Sheffy, but I like late shove it. Yeah, they were fun to do. It does seem like a fun trick to do. Love me some Sean Sheffy. The God. Yeah, for real. Man, I just I, put a put a damper on the show, huh? No, no, no. We're <laughs> fine. I mean, I was I was false outrage. I'm not that I'm not outraged, but why would you do such things? <laughs> but I, I thought everything trick, else um, Louis Lopez did was good. It's like Travis Stanger slander all of a sudden because I think he was the first dude I ever saw it. He did like, do like maybe the best one ever. Well, he did the kickflip in front, shove it out on like a IKEA bookcase sized ledge. I'm looking at my IKEA bookcase right now. Yeah, tall ledge on like a tennis court or something. Yo, Yo. Can you imagine trying to skate an IKEA book ledge? How quickly that thing would just collapse on you? <laughs> oh, dude, I, I had to move one recently, like fully stocked, and it's like, oh god, don't just taco, please. Yeah. Taco. <laughs> I've seen it happen, man. That happened in my first apartment in DC. Oh, like my furniture sucked. I was so broke, and also that was the time when um I didn't. I didn't have a bed frame until I moved to LA. So Damn. I didn't have, I wasn't sleeping on a, let's see. Yeah. From, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have a, a proper bed frame until I was um, well into my thirties. <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite setups I ever saw, um, aforementioned buddy, Neil, he was living in a house in uh, Chicago and now I can, I can feel our uprise listeners ears perking up. But he had like a room in a Chicago skate house and he had a king size bed on milk crates and it took up like the entire room, save for, I want to say like 11 inches around the perimeter where you could like walk in, walk to the closet and maybe didn't have a door on it. But yeah, (laughs) king size, king size mattress on milk crates was dope. That's very dope. I've seen it done. (laughs) Can you... (laughs) Man, I, I, wow. <laughs> I can't imagine. Oh, goodness. I can't imagine bringing somebody home and, and then they see that. Just like, it's like, damn, dog, how you live like this? <laughs> Dude, that's living like a king in the skate house. You know, when, when everybody else's mattress is on the floor and yours oh, are on milk couch. crates, you know, well, you're, uh, if you, if you're you got cut a above. king, you got a king size mattress. That's pretty baller. It's not a twin. Yeah. Dude, king size mattress in a skate house or a band house? Yeah, I guess you're right. You're living. You're li- You're definitely living large comparatively. Literally living large. <laughs> Literally living large. large. Yo, you're just like you know, upcycled these milk crates and turned it into my bed frame. Peep this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if the ladies come back and see that, they're stoked. Which brings us to the end of our show, where we talk about what we're stoked on. Mike, what are you stoked on this week? Holy cow, I'm stoked on a lot of stuff. We finally got spring up here in the Twin Cities about a week and a half ago. Turn off the heat. It was 90 degrees today, like a week after I turned off the heat. But um, super stoked on spring, and that means biking outside. Biking outside is fantastic. If you haven't done it, I suggest going and doing it. Skated Street in Sheboygan, Wisconsin about uh, two weeks ago, and that was fantastic. That was my first time out. Highly recommend going to just a random city and pushing around because uh, it's glorious. And then um, finally, I'm also stoked on Kiss You Back by Digital Underground. Random song 
late night YouTube music video watching. Um, it's also super wholesome to like listen to with my five-year-old kid because it's just like, you kiss me and I'll kiss you back. Super fun. So stoked on that. Patrick, what are you stoked on? I'm stoked on the fact that you found a clean enough song to share with a kid uh, by Digital Underground. That's... <laughs> You kind of gloss over um, some of the subtext, like, you know, if I touch you there, then I'll touch you there or whatever. You're just like, yeah, it's like touching tummies. It's fun. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I mean, like the, the first, like I'm thinking like songs like Freaks, like Freaks of the Industry. That's like a big no. <laughs> um, it, it, it's shockingly clean. I even show her the music video sometime, which is, again, just people kissing a bunch. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. I, I don't think I've ever seen that video. It's Dang. super, it's super sweet, man. I, I recommend it. Yeah, man. RIP Shock G, by the way. Right? Right? Yeah. Um, I'm stoked on Spitfire Wheels. Um, next week, the College Skateboarding Educational Foundation is going to be hosting a fundraising dinner here in LA. Come through, come fresh. I got a fire outfit already planned. It's going to be fun. All your favorites from LA Skate Twitter are going to be there, and it's for a good cause, which is raising scholarship money for students, for skaters who want to go to university. Bong, bong. I'm stoked on concerts. My goodness, I've got a, a few good ones coming up tomorrow night. I'm going to go see Supergrass. They're actually playing a secret show here tonight. Next week, I'm seeing Fontaine's DC, who are from Dublin. Um, and in terms of videos, I'm stoked on the most recent Out There with Kevin Spanky Long, which picks up from... I think it actually kind of picks up like the last thing that they did like this with him was or anybody did like with Spanky was maybe the epically later. So holy shit, that means uh, 100%. And then Pocket Magazine uh, recently dropped a followed, which is similar to out there, but different with Aaron Lester, who's over at Sci-Fi. And Aaron is super awesome, super good. I love following them. Templeton, what you stoked on? Uh, like you, Patrick, I'm stoked on live music. Uh, this past week, I saw a band Dead, D-E-H-D. Uh, that was the first show I've been to in like three years, you know, pre-pandemic and then some. Uh, and then I got tickets to go see Bell and Sebastian in June, which is a favorite amongst most of us here on the show. So yeah, just stoked on live music. And that's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out mostlyskateboarding.net for links to the things that we talked about and other show notes. Until next time, you can keep up with us all week online. Mike, where can the people find you? I'm on both Instagram and Twitter with the handle at M Munzenrider Templeton Sidebar. Is that going to be your eighth Bell and Sebastian concert? Uh, eighth or ninth. I got to do the, do the math, but yes, many Bell and Sebastian shows. You've got me ruined my decision not to buy tickets because they were insanely taxed, but maybe I have to look into that because they're going to be in Minneapolis too. Patrick, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Colonel K Speaks or on Instagram at P Kigongo. And I'm also stuff the interim executive board chair of the Harold Hunter Foundation. Templeton, where can the people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding and on Twitter at Mostly Skate. We will see you guys next week. Oh yeah, no Jason to say later. Right. Alright, let's go. Shimmy, shimmy, cocoa. Pop. Yeah, shimmy, shimmy, cocoa pop. Shimmy, shimmy, cocoa pop. Shimmy, shimmy, cocoa pop. We we chocolate crossover. Yeah, we chocolate crossover. See me cocoa, my cocoa, and I might go pop. Now it's about time that I clear this. So pardon me, miss. But I like for you to hear this. If you kiss me, then I'll kiss you back. You see, I feel real good inside, and it's just from your nearness. There's no need for you to fear this. Kiss me, I'll kiss you back.
kinda cute to me I think we can achieve this Plus you act like you need this Kiss me and I'll kiss you back Yeah, real fly Money B's not buying it Quit denying it, you're better off trying it Freak me, girl, and I'll freak you back Through any kind of weather We'll be in you forever, stay together Well, I just don't know, but I'll tell you what, though If you kiss me, then I'll kiss you back Kiss you back And I guess you wanna know if I'm gonna be around I ain't sure, but I'll tell you what I do know If you kiss me, then I'll kiss you back Kiss you back Alright, let's do this If you kiss me, then I'll kiss you back Yeah, kiss me and I'll kiss you back If you kiss me, then I'll kiss you back You with it? Cause if you with it, I'm with it Yo. If you kiss me, then I'll kiss you back Yeah Just kiss me, then I'll kiss you back I'll kiss you back I'll yeah. kiss you back Now I'm hoping that you hear me Cause I love it when you hear me And I'm telling you sincerely That if you kiss me, girl, I'll kiss you back Cause I really, really, really like you And I just wanna make it clear <clears throat> We're gonna keep it fair and square Kiss me and I'll kiss you back Yo, it's not funny Real cute is what you say to me But any other way you're playing me If you love me, then I'll love you back kind of bothers me, a fair exchange and no robbery, love me girl and I love you back, love me girl and I love you back, now I'm hoping that you hear me cause I love it when you hear me and you know I know you need me so I guess that we could do this, kiss me and I'll kiss you back, alright sing it with me again, come on, if you kiss me then I'll kiss you back, come on, keep it going, if you kiss me then I'll kiss you back, yeah, ladies, Change it up a little bit. If you play with my tummy, I'll tickle your feet. If you play with my tummy, you know, I'll tickle your feet. If you touch me here, I'll touch you there. Yeah, put lotion on me. Kiss me and I'll kiss you back. I'll kiss you back. If you love me, girl, I'll love you back. I'll love you back. We know what you go through. Sometimes we put you down. People treat you cold when they know you sleep around. We never want to disrespect you and I'll never tell anyone in town But if you love me then I'll love you back I'm asking if you're down I'm hoping that you hear me cause I love it when you near me If you kiss me then I'll kiss you back I'll kiss you back You know I know you, you know, know I know you know this So I guess that we can do this If you kiss me then I'll kiss you back Know what I'm saying? I mean how about that? If it's a deal to you it's a deal to me Yo, let's kick it one more time. Come on, kick it. If you kiss me, then I'll kiss you back. If you kiss me, then I'll kiss you back. If you kiss me, then I'll kiss you back. If you play with my feet, I'll tickle your tummy. If you love me, boy, I love you back. Yeah, I like when the girls do it. If you love me, boy, I love you back. Come on, ladies, one more time. Kick it. Shock is 
pumping, man. This I, sounds like something I do. I hear you, honey. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Except I do it like this. <laughs> Hit it, girls. If you pinch my nose, I'll play with your toes. <laughs> you right, know what I'm saying? Right, right. Yo, if you look real cutie, I'll play with your booty. Yeah. yeah. Check it. Yo, look, if me... you hold my nuts All right, right. that's enough. That's what? enough. What? No, right. no, no, huh? Come on, man. All right, no, all right, all right. no. Let's just keep it cool. You know what I'm saying? If you kiss me, then I'll kiss you back. See me. 